the whole idea that we have to secure the health of the church because the understanding that anything that is healthy facilitates growth. Um, when something is healthy, it naturally starts to grow. From the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth Magazine podcast with your host, Brian Boyd. This is the Church Growth Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Brian Boyd, and uh, this is a great episode. We have a, uh, a great friend here, uh, Pastor Alan Platt, formerly from South Africa, uh, now uh, in Florida. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Wow, what a joy. Looking forward. It, it's great. And, and uh, I, I selfishly wanted you on the podcast because your accent is amazing. <laughs> well, if nothing else, I hope that helps. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Alan and I first met, I want to say, I don't know, maybe nine or ten years, nine years ago or so in India. Possibly yes, on a, on a project, and uh, Alan is a uh, a pastor and a leader and a, a speaker. Um, uh, but but this this podcast is dedicated to the tactical growth, helping churches grow grow, and and and, and the the tactics around that, and and I, I feel like Alan is uniquely position to speak about this and I'll let him tell you why. Tell us a little bit about about your about uh, where you've come from, Alan. Well, I, um, I obviously have a heart for the church and a heart for leaders because I started out in the ministry myself in 1983. Uh, 1992 took a church in Pretoria, South Africa, which um, has developed into a multi-site, multi-city engagement and uh, it has taken me all over the world where I spend a lot of time in conversation with church leaders and, and recognize the challenge, recognize just the weight of responsibility that so many of them carry and uh, I'd love to contribute to any, in any way that would be helpful. So, Alan, Doxodeo started with one location. How many locations are, are in the Doxodeo family today? Right now, we have 28 in nine different cities uh, spread across different continents. Wow. And how, how big is the organization, you know, people-wise? Well, the Pretoria Church was really where we started, uh, and... Uh, in, in essence, that grew where it now has 14 campuses serving 30,000 people. Uh, in the other cities, of course, we haven't quite reached those kind of numbers, but mm -hmm. um, there are different cities having multi-site kind of engagements. So did you, in, in starting Doxodeo and in building the church and having it, seeing this growth, where did you learn how to do that? <laughs> Some of our listeners have churches of 50. Some have churches of 500 or 50,000. Where did you learn the tactics to help your church grow? How, who taught you that? Wow. Um, obviously, I was an avid 
reader at that stage, and it was the time where some of the church growth material from McGavran and Wagner and some of those voices were starting to become available. Um, but I think, you know, for us, the momentum was very unique in the Pretoria context. Uh, it was the convergence of uh, various aspects in a particular moment in time that gave us that kind of momentum. Uh, I wouldn't say that that's the kind of growth that I would always envision right. in every environment, sure. uh, as we have also seen in other environments where Doxadeo is now established, the growth is, is more incremental uh, than, you know, explosive the way it was in the early years. Wow. It, do you think there are tactics, if you look back and said, okay, these are the five or six things that really contributed to our church growth, um, what would you identify? What What are the key, maybe I should rephrase it, what are the key reasons why a church may not experience growth? Well, you know, as we have reflected over the years now to try and take stock of, of what would be helpful for, for leaders to understand deeply uh, if they wanted their church to grow, um, one of the things we have settled on, Brian, is the, the whole idea that we have to secure the health of the church because the understanding that anything that is healthy facilitates growth. Um, when something is healthy, it naturally starts to grow. Sure. And so our, our focus would rather be than saying what are the – the things that we can kind of, you know, go find to implement here to to get the church to grow sometimes is not as authentic hmm. uh, and is not sustainable in its engagement than finding out who you truly are, what you've been called to as a ministry, and what are the impediments to the health quotient hmm. of your ministry. And how could you address that? And so there's a few things there that we could kind of present to say, you know, these are the things we found to bring health to yeah. the, the local church, which, which would in turn stimulate growth. Let's go. Let's dive into it. What are, what are those items? Well, you know, um, there are various uh, uh, components to, to ministry. Yeah. And uh, we like to talk about, you know, key environments because we really believe that as a leader, you become an environmental engineer. You, you create habitat or an environment conducive for life to flourish. Wow. And um, it all starts, I believe, with leadership. Um, and when I use the word leadership, there's an adverb that is critical when we talk about leadership and we like to use the word empowering. Okay. Uh, because sometimes, you know, leadership can be strong leadership, but it's not necessarily empowering leadership. It doesn't create an environment conducive for life to mm -hmm. flourish. Mm -hmm. And so we encourage leaders to consistently ask, you know, how empowering are you when you think about your leadership 
to the rest of the team or to the leaders or to just people in ministry within the context of your hmm. your, your particular ministry. It, it's interesting, Alan, that you mentioned empowering. Um, a uh, Two weeks ago, uh, we had Pastor Rich Wilkerson on from uh, Miami, from Trinity Church. Right. And we, we talked specifically about activating volunteers in your church, or he calls them servant leaders. And in fact, there was one line in the pocket. He talked about empowerment. I said, what, what's the key for, for having successful volunteer workforce to be, be just to say it. And he said, empowering them, you know, giving them credit for their ideas, empowering them. Anyway, I'm just wondering, it's just, if you haven't heard that podcast uh, listeners two weeks ago, but yeah, uh, here well, a similar a similar vein. Go go ahead. Love his heart. I yeah. Uh, you know we don't even talk about volunteers. Just by the way, we we would talk about the called ones. There you go. Um, yeah. So we we're, we're saying you know can we recognize the calling of God upon your life? Uh, you know, for us a volunteer is always somebody that comes to help somebody else to fulfill their calling. Mm-hmm. So even when we invite people to come and serve. We're not saying, you know, we have a need, would you come and help us as a ministry? We'd rather say, hey, we have an opportunity for you to fulfill your calling. That's great. Um, just as a, a side thought, because yeah. people just, you know, you can walk away from volunteering, but how do you walk away from calling? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a really good point. That's yeah. the challenge. Good. The second environment, if I can uh, jump to that, Brian, is is this whole idea of, of ministry um, and focusing on ministry being missional. And what we mean by that is we have to understand the reason for the church. Uh, The church actually does not have a mission. The mission has a church. That's an important differentiation because the moment you understand the reason for the church you realize that the church is the agency of god within the context of our world and um, we believe that once you start adjusting your thinking to get your people to understand the calling of the church being relevant beyond the walls, being relevant within Mm -hmm. community and society and taking faith and love and hope to the community. And you start to celebrate what God is doing through the church, not just in the church. Yeah. That seems to energize and give people a perspective and a horizon uh, that really takes it to the next level. And, and and people love being part of a cause, wow. part of something bigger. Would uh, would I remember my visit to your church a few years ago? Is pop up one of your you know missional activities? Yes, we. What tell what what's pop up? Tell people what pop up is. Well, pop up was an evolutionary process where we just actually initially reached out to homeless people that subsequently became a skills training job placement program, which now takes a thousand people per year through the program in 18 different skills. 70% of those people now are established in full-time work. 
and uh, we have a job placement center. So one thing has led to another. But I suppose the most exciting part of that whole initiative is that we have 70% of the people attending that program that actually they have to write their testimony if they, they feel this is what happened in their life. For the first time, write their testimony that they have mm-hmm. accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. Mm-hmm. Wow. So in essence, it's become our biggest evangelism strategy, really just serving and, and helping our community. You know, I, if I think back to the early years, one of the things that really stood out to us was a, a sense, the culture of the church had a deep spirituality to it. And so there was a passionate spirituality. Once again, the adverb is passionate um, spirituality, where we recognized that people that were, were joining the church and becoming part of the family were passionate about knowing God, loving people, and impacting their world. And so we were asking, how could we cultivate that? How could we um, see that as the discipleship framework in which we are going to uh, stimulate this, this spiritual journey that people are on, mm-hmm. recognizing that you know they want to connect with God, but they also um, uh, recognize that God not only wants to work in their lives, but through their lives. getting them to become passionate about serving and blessing and engaging people. Uh, But then also recognizing that there is a calling and a purpose on their lives and they have to connect Sunday's faith to Monday's life. Right. And that question about how do we empower them uh, to function within the context of their world where they will spend the, the bulk of their time. Right. And uh, so, so that's an environment that I believe if you can get health into that space, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to just, you know, be a natural that people that grow spiritually are going to want to reach out to other people and bring them into mm. the church and, and the church naturally starts to grow. That's great. Um, and then systems. Um, systems can be a blessing. Uh, but systems can also be a challenge. And so our encouragement to leaders is also to always to look at their structures as functional structures, uh, that they need to be dynamic and flexible, um, that we have to adjust the way we do things and the systems that serve uh, are not to be served, but they need to serve us. And so form follows function. You know, whatever you want to achieve, uh, determine what is the best way to deliver that within the context of the church. Uh, but so many times in the church world, you know, we, we are served well with systems uh, in the past. And then we, we somehow find it difficult to make you know, the adjustments to some of those systems. And we would be surprised to know how many people just become flat out frustrated because of the systems of the church, not because of anything else, just because of systems not working well. Wow. And so So you've had to, you've had to deploy that in different countries, even in Pretoria, 
you've got different parts of Pretoria that act totally different, right? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And and you know, we would be very sensitive to the demographic, to the context, uh, the cultural and um, just social context that we find ourselves in. Uh, it's very true also that certain groups of people relate in different ways. And there's a right. whole, there's a whole sociological study on, on systems thinking where, you know, some people like more of a hierarchical, uh, top down communication, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and flourish in that particular environment. Whereas other people want to be part of a conversation. They don't like it when you patronize them. Right. Um, they want to be invited into thinking about concepts. So the way you engage on so many levels needs to be compatible to the constituency that you're engaged with. That's a great point. Also, the, the, the celebration engagement, um, basically the Sunday event or when you get together, uh, that's an environment that needs to be inspirational. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes I find in the church that we, we create that environment to be very informational, but not inspirational. And I would encourage leaders to deeply think about that in terms of how you preach, um, how you bring people into the experience. Uh, Is it inspiring? Do people feel energized? Do they feel excited um, just in terms of their, their experience and their engagement with what is, is happening? Uh, sometimes we are too focused on trying to, uh, fix our people that we don't inspire them for life. And Mm. it's all those elements that I think contribute, uh, in terms of how we, we approach and engage and create the environment for our people to flourish. And they, and it talk about talking about celebration and inspiration, uh, you know, our, our audience for the podcast and the magazine is, is, is all sorts of different denominations. We have Methodist, Baptist, AG, on and on and on. So that, that, that takes on a different meaning because each kind of audience has their own type of, you know, not a type of worship, but a, a form of worship that may be a little different, right? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, uh, when I speak about being inspiring, I'm not speaking about a particular. Uh, it's not Hillsong and Elevation no, rock and roll. Okay. No. What I'm saying is the whole environment that you walk into um, needs to have some attention. You know, if 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 I walk into a space, no matter what the liturgical framework would be, right. I somehow want to feel inspired. I, I want to feel I'm connecting with something that really represents, you know, eternal yes. reality. And, and um, whether it's the lighting of candles or whether it's, you know, um, hopping up and down with a, a, a praise song in a particular context, 
um, right. how you give expression to that. But we have to look at, at just the way we engage with our people. Sometimes it's extremely drab and uninspiring and just with a few things that you can think through in terms of the environment, the, the context, the way we greet, the way we um, embrace our people, the way we celebrate them, uh, all of those things, I think, are contributors to this process. That's great. And then uh, I have one more point, and that's relationships. Yeah, relationships. Um, you know, there's such a power in feeling that you're part of a community. Um, and there's, there's a, a healing aspect to positive community, a kind of a koinotherapy, the, the therapy of positive relationship, the koinonia of the saints. We can never underestimate that. Um, at the same time, I would encourage just, you know, uh, your constituency. There needs to be a lot of love, a lot of life, a lot of laughter. Um, somehow it needs to be a place where people feel uh, they can belong and enjoy and fellowship uh, in a life-giving way. Um, so relationships need to be uh, life-giving. Of course, there are challenges, and we know all the one another concepts of Scripture. There are over 20 of them in right. the New Testament where we, you know, bear with one another, we pray for one another, we carry one another's burdens, and if you've one anothered one another enough, you're going to have to forgive one another and bear with one another. And It's all those one another concepts, but in that framework, there needs to be a sense of, this is a great place to come to. I love being here. It's my family. I, yeah. I belong. So that could also mean men's, men's ministry, women's ministry, children's However you want to uh, relate yeah. to that, uh, Brian. I think Maybe food, some potluck of yeah. some sort. <laughs> Every time we gather, um, you know, yeah. we're talking about somehow nurturing the sense of community. Let me go, I'm going to go back and just kind of recap the points that, that Alan made. And if you'd like more information on, on the, the points that Alan brought out today, just drop us an email. You can send it to Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at churchgrowthmagazine.com. So here's what I heard, Alan, and I'm going to, I'd like everybody at home to take a pen out and write this down. We talked about leadership, empowering, recognizing the calling of every individual. We talked about calling, that's really important. Ministry, that missional focus, spirituality, systems, celebration, and, and we touched on relationship. If you, where, where are you headed next, Alan? What's, what's next for Doxadeo and, and, and for, for, the, for the church and for the ministry? Well, Doxadeo has birthed a um, a serving platform in which we try to assist the church at large, which we call City Changes. And City Changes is actually creating a learning community in five different continents in the next season. 
where we're coming alongside uh, kind of cohorts, uh, coaching cohort programs for leaders uh, to assist them in, in becoming more effective impacting their world. And so uh, we're extremely excited about that. Um, we uh, have also uh, partnered with Exponential, which is the church planting process, which is now going to Europe. And we're part of that program. So all over the world, we're actually seeing something of an emergence of churches starting to think more missional, multiplying, mobilizing, thinking in new ways. So in, in that sense, we're just happy that we can be part of the conversation. I'm happy that you were part of our conversation today, Alan. Well, you might appreciate it. And everybody listening, grace to you. Great. Thank you, Alan. And uh, a reminder, uh, churchgrowthmagazine.com is your destination for articles and uh, uh, tactics for helping your church grow technology, facilities, operations, uh, finance. Um, there's an article in, in the uh, December issue about recent IRS changes and how that affects your church. So there's uh, a lot of great information and uh, we look forward to bringing you more articles like that in the future. So, Alan, again, thank you for joining us today on the Church Growth Magazine podcast. For Alan Platt, I'm Brian Boyd, and we'll see you next time here at Church Growth Magazine. Mm-hmm.